0: Well hi there and welcome to Unshaken, the podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. We're located just outside of Toledo, Ohio, and fall is in full swing here in Northwest Ohio. The leaves are all changing and the crisper temperatures are hitting us, and school is full in full session. I don't know what your temperature is like where you're listening, but as you know, seasons do change, and that's actually our topic for this entire episode, actually this entire season. Um, that we're doing uh, season five. It's all about the seasons of our lives as women. Now, a lot of people will tell you that they're busy. I would say a good majority of the women that I run into tell me that they're busy. I think most women would say, I'm busy. Um, Now, we have to talk about what they're busy with, um, and we're going to do that. We could talk about each individual thing. like We could talk about being a working woman and the busyness that comes with it, or we could have a whole episode on being a woman with elementary kids or high school kids in sports or someone who's a missionary or a ministry-oriented woman who's volunteering a lot of her time. But that would be a lot of individual episodes and I really just wanted to spend some time talking about the big concept of busyness, which I think will be applicable to us all. So I think we're gonna talk about that today no matter where you're at, uh, whether you're mothering, uh, working full time, maybe even two jobs, you never know. Um, we're gonna ch- chit chat today about that with my good friend, Stacey Holman. I think Stacy is very busy and I would emphasize very busy. I think there's many times I think, wow, she does a lot. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about what that looks like in her life and really focus on some of the principles that will help us live no matter what our busyness is. So that is what we're gonna jump into today. And then our second part of today's episode, we're actually going to jump into a specific busy situation. And we're gonna talk about a time in a woman's life where she is called to caregive for someone. It's its own kind of busyness and it never is something you can plan for. It just kind of comes out of the blue and it's going to be just a great talk later on in the episode. So stay tuned. So I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast, Stacy. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for having me, Julie. Okay, Stacy. I always ask people some quirky questions to kind of break the ice and let our listeners get to know a little bit about you. So are you ready? Ready. Okay. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go and what would you do there? Um, I
1: would go to a remote island somewhere with a beautiful beach, some place that doesn't have a lot of people. Okay, but would there be a Starbucks? Nope, don't need a Starbucks. No, okay. Would anybody be with you? Um, I would take my family with me. Okay, all right. And and what would you eat there? I would have... protein bars smoothies ice cream
0: and probably
1: mexican food
0: oh my goodness who's gonna make all this if it's a remote island is that you <laughs> maybe it might be <laughs> okay are you can, that's why you bring your kids <laughs> that's right you're gonna teach your kids how to make good mexican food i love it and can i go along sure that <laughs> i can pretend like i'm one of your children or your great aunt you know right. who's along for the ride so well it'd be lovely to go to an island that definitely doesn't sound busy to me on an island it sounds calm and relaxed mm-hmm. right exactly so since our topics busyness um, I'm gonna ask you kind of a dumb question but Stacy have you ever been busy I have <laughs> okay so let's talk a little bit about what busyness looks like for you how are you busy in your everyday life um, everyday life is
1: often pretty busy. I'm a wife and a mother of three kids that are um, 18, 15, and 13. Two of them participate in sports. Okay, that's busy right there. Sports
0: in general it is. eats
1: up your time.
0: Yes, yeah. it does.
1: So we have to limit the number of sports. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, so obviously along with all of the responsibilities that go along with, with that, cooking, laundry, Um, cleaning, managing our calendar, taking people to practices and games. Of course, I have help from my husband and my oldest daughter who can drive, so that's super helpful. Um, In addition to that, I also work outside the home as a finance officer at the Boys and Girls Clubs of Toledo.
0: Awesome.
1: Um, In addition to that, I also spend time serving at Christ the Word and participate in women's Bible study and small group.
0: Those You're you're making me like stressed listening to how much you do.
1: (laughs) And then um, I also enjoy working out and running and make a priority to try to do that four to five days a week if I can. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Running does not sound like fun, but I'm glad you like it. (laughs) Uh, With everything else
1: going on, though, that's not always easy to fit in, but it does make a huge difference for me mentally Mm -hmm. and emotionally, so I do Mm -hmm. try to make it a priority. Um, Aside from the health benefits, I just have noticed how much it helps me with maintaining Mm. self-discipline in other areas of my life. I find that if I'm not disciplined in one area, then I will slowly not be disciplined in others. I totally agree with you on that. 100%. So it helps me feel better. keeps me sane and generally more pleasant to be around. (laughs) I think my family can attest to that.
0: (laughs) We should have them on the episode. Is that true? (laughs) Well, it is really good to take care of our bodies. Mm -hmm. That's a part of the busyness. It's you got to be prepared for things physically, so that's good. Right. But my, usually in my mornings, I start out
1: with quiet time, um, which is really helpful. Yes. I'm um, reading the Bible and
0: prayer and coffee. So, so let me ask you, what time do you get up? Typically on a typical day. Um, 5.45. Oh. Usually. And then you start then every day, and you roll through your day that way. hmm Do you have a set bedtime? I don't. Okay, I wish I did. Okay, <laughs> but I don't. Okay, well that's okay because mm-hmm. it obviously works for you. I just wondered if you have bookends to your day because I know some people do do that. So I would like
1: to. Um, me and my husband have different body clocks. He's yes. more of a night person oh, than God. I am. So I with you. I totally yeah. understand that. So having a
0: set bedtime doesn't work so nope, well for us. I agree. Alright, so one thing we always do on the podcast at the very beginning is we usually talk about what does the Bible say on this topic. And um, I think it's important to start there because it's really our foundation for what we do with life in general. So what does the Bible have to say about busyness? And I guess since work, whether it's paid or not, is usually a part of busyness. Like what does the Bible say about work? Um,
1: some of the passages that I referred to was um, 1 Corinthians 10, 31 whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory mm. of God. So this verse obviously mentions eating and drinking, but of course it also says whatever you do. Yeah.
0: So all things that we do, we want to be bringing glory to God. Yeah, that's right. It's one of my favorite verses that I often will remind my children of, because I'm like, you need to remember this now. No, right. I don't want to do that. But
1: <laughs> another one is Ephesians 5:15 through 17. So then be careful how you walk, Hmm. Not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is.
0: Hmm. That's good. I like the idea of being careful how you walk, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of, I mean, we all, like I said earlier, everybody says they're busy. So I guess we got to think, how are we walking through our life, right? right.
1: And then also Second Thessalonians three eleven. For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, Mm. doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Mm.
0: So again, how are we spending our time? Are we being disciplined in what we're doing? Mm. That's a good one. I do not want to be a busybody. No. No, that's someone who has too much time on their hands that figures out they'll be busy with Mm -hmm. other people's problems and issues, right? Okay, so if that sounds like just a few verses, I know there's many others Mm -hmm. in the Bible. But what are some really good principles to remember when we're thinking about how busy we are. Like, How do you decide what's important to do, what should be something you do, and what isn't something you should be doing?
1: I mean, it's good to work hard and to be busy, um, but I think, like you said, it needs to be busy with the right things. Um, We can be really busy spending time on the wrong things, um, and I don't wanna get on my social media soapbox, but I think we all could do a better job of monitoring our screen time on our phones. Mm. Um, If we're spending six hours a day Um, I would venture to guess that maybe we're not really busy on the things that are important. Um, That's that's
0: interesting because I heard some young women talking the other day. Okay, I just make myself feel old by saying that, but that's okay. (laughs) Anyway, and they were talking about this cool app that they have on their phone and they can set it so they have limits. And it's interesting, one of the women said that she has a friend who has this on her phone and, and she's the password. This girl's the Ah. password for the other girl's phone. So if she hits her limit, this, she has to text the girl, which is an automatic accountability right there. Because, you know, like I've been on my phone looking at whatever for Uh this long. I don't want to text you and say, Hey, I want to look more for, you know, for three more hours on Facebook, you know, but I thought that was a really interesting thing. Like I've like like not heard of that. Yeah, yes. a practical thing you could do to help you with the phone thing. Because mm-hmm. I agree with
1: you. Yeah, that's a good one. The biggest problem there. There's always going to be more than enough important things to keep us busy. So we do want to remember what God's word says is important for us mm-hmm. to be spending our time on. Mm-hmm. Um, our opportunities, specifically as mothers, don't last forever. And time passes by. It doesn't stop. It doesn't slow down. It doesn't rewind. Yeah. And I'm becoming more aware of that now as I have. <laughs> a daughter who has just graduated high school.
0: Wow, yes.
1: It's all so perspective, isn't it? It is. Yes. It's yes been helpful for that. So we can only manage ourselves. So if, we have, if we're have, spending too much time on something of lesser importance, we need to stop doing it now. Um, the importance of something can be measured by what it is allowed to interrupt. I read that once and it really stuck with me. Oh, say that true. again. The importance of something can be measured by what it is allowed to interrupt. Mm. That's interesting. Wow. Um, When we think about Jesus, he made it a priority to spend time with his father. Hmm. So he interrupted time with his disciples and healing opportunities in order to have time with his father. Yeah. So um, determining what can wait is important. And then also how we order our priorities so that we give our best time and effort to what matters the most.
0: Yeah, that's really, really good. I like that determining what can wait because there are times in our lives that something's really exciting Mm -hmm. and it feels really good to do But maybe it's time to put that on hold um, You know and do it later on in life when there's a time because right right now there's other priorities Your kids are a big one Mm -hmm. if you're married your husband's a big one Those are both important and obviously our relationship with Christ and you just brought that up That's a great illustration about Jesus spending time with the father. Mm -hmm. He even put aside his disciples temporarily. Yeah, that's good so okay, so Obviously, priorities are big but it's really sometimes hard to figure the details of that out. Like, how do you how do you actually do that? Give me some practical things you do in your life to help you in the midst of this busyness. Do you have a family calendar? Do you have a certain meal plan, or are you always getting HelloFresh to make life easy? Right. <laughs> like, what do you do to keep on top of everything? Um, I've never used HelloFresh, so I
1: can't speak about that. Okay. I um, do have a family calendar. I do meal plan, which is really helpful. Um, I do order groceries from Kroger, Boston. I do. Yes, that's awesome. I find that to be a big time saver most of the time. And it's been free ever since COVID. So that's been nice. Yeah. Um, I might even pay for it anyway. $4.95 because I'm going to spend more than that if I go in the store on something I didn't I agree with you. (laughs) So. Yeah. uh, But when we're out of something at home, I pull up the app and I add it to my cart so I don't have to worry about remembering later. That's awesome an awesome thing I've never because I'll about write it that. on a piece of paper somewhere and I won't find it yes that's an awesome thing I'm starting that today <laughs> I really am that's great but it also gives me the flexibility to do it um at lunch on my you know lunch break at work um if I'm riding as a passenger in a car and I have some free time I will I'll use it and um do my groceries so that's great that's yeah. a great plan and then I will have my meal plan and my notes um, for the week, and I can refer back to what we've had, you know, in previous weeks. But you can also always count on Mexican at our house <laughs> at least once a week. So okay, I like it's, that.
0: It's a pretty simple rotation. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. I'll be yeah. over. <laughs> okay, so do you keep the same schedule for meals, or do you ro- Do you try new things, or do you keep the same things that your
1: family likes? No, we get we rotate things. Okay, but you can always. No, there's going to be
0: Mexican and probably a pasta. Okay, there's always and a, then there's a staple yep. things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's good. I like variety too. I don't mm-hmm. want to have you know the same thing every night. Right. That's good. Um, what else you got? Anything else? Because that's really helpful for meal planning. I I really have found that I need to use
1: small pockets of downtime to my advantage. So I don't have big you know spaces of time where I can.
0: Like whole days together. Yeah, it doesn't done. yeah,
1: it doesn't happen. So in the mornings I will throw in a load of laundry um, first thing when I get up.
0: Okay, let me stop for a minute. Are you going away to work or are you working at home? Going away to
1: work. Okay. okay so that's when good. I get up to do, you know, my Bible reading, I'll throw a load of laundry in as soon as I get up. Um, then usually I can get it in the dryer before I leave for work and then by the time I come home in the evening it's dry and ready to be, you know, folded and put away. So I can easily get in five loads of laundry without too much trouble before Saturday comes nice getting it all done on Saturday is
0: it's overwhelming it's not going to
1: happen yeah um I also use time in the car for phone calls scheduling appointments checking in with people um
0: especially with our Bluetooth capability now in most cars that makes it even easier your hands free right which is nice right I use my lunch
1: breaks for ordering groceries writing cards checking in um with people um and then when I'm running errands, I try to take at least one of my kids with me at a time just to have one-on-one time with them.
0: I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I do that too. And then usually I have to be careful which kid I take to the grocery <laughs> store because they're the ones who go, can we get this? Yeah, and can we but get But if this? you're picking up, you don't have to worry well, about that. Well, this is that. right. That's what I need because it's already done and we'll that's just right. sit and ride in the car. Right. Yeah, that's, those are good. Those are so good and so practical, Stacey. <clears throat> I love the idea of, the little small pockets of time that you talked about because everybody that's listening has little chunks of time where they're, they're just things you're not, you're like between two things and you Mm -hmm. can get something done. Mm -hmm. It's great. I remember reading a long time ago, this idea of this woman on, you know, getting a whole bunch of done. She was done in her house. She was talking about always have your machines running. Like if you're doing things, just get your machines running. Mm -hmm. They do all the work and you go do other things and Mm -hmm. that's what you do. So I think that's a good tip get up get going right now the downside to that
1: though i will say is sometimes i have trouble just sitting oh yeah because i'm so used to making use of small packets of time that yep it's hard for me sometimes to just
0: yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm busy in a different way because I'm not working full-time, but I work kind of part-time. Mm-hmm. Almost about three or four days a week, I'm subbing, mm-hmm. um, substitute teaching. And so I'm out of the house quite a bit, but I agree with you that sometimes I get to certain spots and I have to go, I'm going to schedule myself to sit down for an hour, you know, mm-hmm. and do something, like, enjoyable. So, so that right. is interesting. What's something enjoyable for you that uh, you like to do when you have some downtime? Probably exercising. Okay.
1: Whoa. No, Whoa. I mean that. That is what it is for it's you. It's probably that. Okay. Um, I'm not a huge reader okay. outside of reading the Bible. yeah, I just, and that's okay. I start reading books and I don't
0: finish them. Yep. I listen to most of mine. I have done that. I do that a lot now. Yeah. Cause I can fold clothes while I mm-hmm. listen and I like that. So mm-hmm. I like to watercolor paint, but I oh. rarely do it I rarely oh do it, but I'm. I'm actually. It's so funny. I actually scheduled a watercolor paint party oh. with some of my friends because I thought I really want to do this, and if I have people over, then it's something I can do with them. And so we're just gonna all sit on my See, back. That deck. would be stressful to me. Okay, well I won't invite yes, you then. That... <laughs> what if I have Mexican? Would you come? I could like help pass okay. out the watercolors. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Okay, so Stacy, I know you personally, so I know that you do this already. But our listeners don't know you personally, necessarily. So how do you serve at church? Because there is a call to, for us to serve. The Bible does clearly tell us that we're called by God to serve in our, our local church and serve those around us. So how do you do that? And how did you end up coming up with where you serve?
1: Um, I am one of the youth leaders at Christ the Word, and I work with um, the senior high age group. Um, which is a huge joy to me. I, I love it so much. Um, it was actually not something um, that I probably would have asked or sought out to do necessarily, but I remember I had a specific conversation with somebody, and they asked me if that was an area I could see myself huh. um, serving. Um, and I always enjoyed spending time, you know, and having conversations with that, that age group. Um, but that was even before I started serving in youth group.
0: Huh. So. So you are doing what specifically in youth group? Give us an example of how you serve in youth group.
1: Well, we have youth group every um, Wednesday nights, and so each of the leaders is assigned a prayer group, and we have prayer group time um, at the end of the lesson okay. each night, um, and share you know confession of sin and, and prayer requests. Um, so outside of that, it's you know trying to meet with with youth and staying connected with them throughout the week and. Using your um, phone to text them now Using and then. your phone yep. to
0: text now and then, yes. Yeah, that's great. I love that because I know you do that for my daughter. So <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, why is it important to serve in a local church? Because, you know, you're already so busy. Why is it important to serve in the youth or serve wherever?
1: Well, aside from the fact that God calls us to do it. Okay, that's a good one. Um, Let's just it, stop that, there for a minute. <laughs> God said so. Um, it does bring me great joy. Just like being a wife and a mother, it's fulfilling work to serve in the church. Mm. Um, I think it's also a great example to my kids that no matter how busy you are, however many responsibilities you have in your life, you can always find the time to serve in some way.
0: That is true, and it's also in serving in the church, especially I think in the capacity that you are, you're seeing life changes happen in these young ladies particularly, because you're working directly with, with young men too. I know mm-hmm. that. but. I think that's cool cuz it's kind of like an eternal right process. You see this, there there changes and not that it wouldn't be bad to go sit on my back deck and watercolor paint, okay? Mm-hmm. If you ever want to come, you come on over. Okay. But and that's great. But that's not the same thing as serving, right? right. Like with with young ladies, that's great. Right. So my life is pretty busy. I'm a mom of six kids. And one of my kids um, is actually out of the house. Actually, I'm I actually have double the number of kids you do. You do. Yes. But I remember realizing one time I was hanging out with, you might remember Sharon Arnt. She was on the podcast with me a few, uh, well, back in season four, and we talked about hospitality. Mm-hmm. And you might remember her, but she actually has double the number of kids I have, so <laughs> I guess we're all busy, right? That's right. Okay, so um, I know what it's like to be busy. It means meals and sometimes even taking meals to people, you know, practices, events, laundry, you know, all these things that happen, being involved in church, um... And sometimes it's easy to feel like this is overwhelming or a drudgery to do every day, all this stuff you've got to do. And um, I think I'm just thinking like some women out there might be like, oh, you know, I just don't want to be busy. I just kind of want to isolate myself to my bedroom and, you know, do my own thing or maybe they escape in other ways. So how can busy actually, busyness actually help us? And how can we find joy in the midst of busyness? Um, I think
1: that, I mean, obviously for just going along with our flesh, we're gonna wanna rest. We're gonna wanna not do certain things that we know we should do. But it honestly, it doesn't feel good to do that. It feels good to be busy and being busy forces you to be more productive and more efficient with your time. I know it does me. Me too. If I have a lot more free time, I find that I'm less productive because I have the time to spare.
0: Yeah, I learned that when we all had the lockdown (laughs) for COVID, I had nothing that I had to do And I found, I was like, wow, my house is so messy because I didn't have the structure. Right. So easy to fall into. Right. Um, Now, the flip side is what are some of the sins that someone who is busy, and remember we discussed earlier that we are all busy, right? So Mm -hmm. what are some of the sins that women might struggle with who are busy and say they're busy?
1: Um, I think selfishness is definitely one. Um, For me, I can be... I'm selfish with my time because it's so limited. Um, also, another one is bitterness, lack of contentment, comparing myself to others who have more time right. um, available than I do or they're able to do things that I'm not able to do that I yeah. wish I could do.
0: <clears throat> That's so easy to um, compare ourselves. That's oh, absolutely. A huge one for women. I'm sure men do this too, but I find myself easily comparing my life to somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, just stop. Just right. say to myself, Julie, really? stop. Right. Don't compare, right? Mm-hmm.
1: I also think a lot about the quote from um, Corey Ten Boom, if the devil can't make you sin, he will make you busy. <laughs> that's really good. So I think about that a lot, um, just to be careful. I think that's something important to keep in mind.
0: Yes. Yeah, you're right. Um and again, I think you talked at the beginning about the choices of what we're busy with. That's Mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. Like having priorities of what it looks like. Um, the idea that I'm so busy and my schedule is so much more busy than anyone else. Oftentimes is where I think I fall into sin. Mm -hmm. I start to feel, um, maybe, maybe it's easy to say, maybe I'm prideful about it, about my busyness. Like I can get all this done. Mm -hmm. And I, or I, I like what you brought up about, Discontent because it's funny. Someone who isn't busy can struggle with discontentment, Absolutely. and someone who's busy can struggle with discontentment. Mm-hmm. Like those really are easy to have happen. And sometimes I just get overwhelmed with everything in front of me, all the things on my to-do list. I'm like, oh, you know. And then pretty soon I'm like, you know, yelling at my family or irritated, and my kid and I. I tend to sigh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you do that, but I'm like oh, these huge sighs. sighs. And then my kids are like, "Why are you mad?" And I'm like, "I'm not mad. I'm fine," you know. So, how do you deal with those emotions? Because we're definitely emotional kind of people. So, what do we do with them?
1: Um, I can relate to that. Um, <laughs> do you have the size? I I do sigh. I think sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's just. It could be just me. I, I do know, think obviously. we can fool ourselves into thinking we're we're uh, disguising. Oh. That. To our family and they do yeah. see it. Oh, yeah. They just see always, right through it. Yes. Always see it. Um, I think stopping stopping for me the negative thought patterns hmm. um, is helpful. Um, and just
0: remembering our emotions are a gauge, not a guide. Mm, that is a really good little point right mm. there. I think I need to, like, write that down yeah. somewhere. Remembering our emotions are a gauge, not a guide. Right. Hmm Good. So when I'm stressed and overwhelmed, I
1: quickly find I will spiral into thinking of all of the ways I see myself failing in every area of my life. And if I could just figure out a way to be more efficient, I could get more done instead mm. of just focusing on getting done what God has for me that day.
0: Mm. That's a really good point. It's really easy to um, over o- become overwhelmed when you look at all this stuff instead of focusing on like the next thing, right? I think Elizabeth Elliot said, just take the the next next step, step, right? Mm -hmm. Or do the next thing. And I think that's a good practical thing for this time period in life too. One of my very favorite Bible verses is first Thessalonians 5, 18. It's really just three things that are simple, but not necessarily simple to live out. Okay. They're just simple words, but it says, rejoice always pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, which is really a lot of thoughts go come from that verse for me. It directs us to do those three things. Rejoice always, which I have struggles with, pray constantly, which I have struggles with Mm -hmm. and give thanks in all circumstances, circumstances. which I also, yeah, all circumstances, Mm -hmm. which I also struggle with. So I think busyness is one of those things that we could call our circumstances. Mm -hmm. So how can we be thankful in the middle of it? And what are some things that someone could be thankful for in a busy season of life? Um, I think
1: specifically when there's a lot of tasks at home that need to be accomplished, um, just being thankful that God has blessed us with a family to care for and to serve rather mm. than leaving us alone yep. um, with nobody. So um, I think that's important. And then remembering that eventually our life will be less busy. Our children will grow up, they will move yep. away, and um, we'll be in a different season that may be less busy um, or a, different, that, kind or of a busy. different kind of busy and that there's blessings and in all seasons that we're in but realizing that whatever season we're in it's fleeting and it's not going to last my husband has always used the phrase with me and our kids um, don't wish your life away Mm -hmm. so he he throws that in you know often um, when the kids will say oh i can't wait to do this or i can't
0: wait for that and he'll say don't wish your life away Mm -hmm. that's a good piece of advice that should be like a hashtag somewhere Mm -hmm. i think um that's good because it is a reminder like this whole season we've been talking about living in your reality. So that could have been our theme don't wish your life away. So mm. because that's what we're supposed to do. Right. So if you're in the middle of a really busy season, then serve God where you're at, mm-hmm. right? Stay in right. the spot you're in, serve him, honor him, do the things you need to do every day and I just think that's great. I think it's easy to think, "Oh, if I only had my kids were grown up." Right. If you know, if my um you know, if my my children were all driving, that would make life easy. They could go to sports events. Mm-hmm. I tell you, though, I will say this. Some of my best conversations are in the car with my kids. I don't know if that that's, happens to no, you. No, that's true. At so Bed, bedtime. That, yes, or at bedtime. Mm-hmm. And so now that my kids are all, three of them are driving and my fourth one on the way, I have less time with mm-hmm. them. So I have to, like, find that's that true. time. So I guess there's something to be thankful for, those mm-hmm. long car rides, but... Okay, so um, Stacy, you know, kind of as we come to the close today, first off, I really appreciate you coming on. I think you had so many really good things to say, but what would be some advice that you could share that would help someone who is feeling the stresses of being too busy, no matter what the busyness is?
1: Um, thankfully, there are seasons to our busyness, and sometimes it may feel like it's never going to end, but there's going to be times when we're busier than others. So. Mm. Um, If we're in a period of time where it seems particularly overwhelming, we know that there's going to be downtime. Right. There's going to be less, you know. There will be a time. There will be a time. Um, I think one thing for me is making sure that I'm resting on the Sabbath. I mean, Mm. it's a command um, that God gives us and it's for our good. Yes. Um, I can struggle to stop and slow down and rest, but... Having permission to do that on Sundays is really freeing
0: to me. I agree 100%. No guilt attached. Yeah. And it's really nice to make that a day when you spend time with people. Mm-hmm. You know, at church on Sunday, sometimes right. small group is on Sunday. Mm-hmm. There might be other things that you get to hang out or just taking a nap, mm-hmm. which I'm not good at either. But... Yeah, me neither. Okay. Any other thoughts? Um,
1: I think practicing some form of movement um, each day if you can, um, as often as you can. Um, I know it seems counterintuitive when you already feel overwhelmed and too busy, but it it just makes such a difference in so many different areas, Mm. you know, beyond the, um, you know, physical aspects. It, it just, it's, it's so helpful.
0: Yeah. I will, I will say that when I go through, I have a treadmill, Mm -hmm. just going to be just honest. It's not been used a whole lot recently, but when I get into the habit, it's so good and Mm -hmm. it feels so good. Mm -hmm. It's a habit though. It is. It's like something you have to purpose to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What does it take to become a habit? 21 days or 66 days. I heard something recently. Just stick with it. Okay. Whatever it, it is. Be, well, right? I don't know how many days, but I think
1: I've heard four weeks. Okay. But, so, so a month, A month. sticking with
0: it is going to be a way to build a habit. And I do agree with you on that. Mm-hmm.
1: And then just seeking the Lord for wisdom on how you're spending your time.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there
1: things that you need to let go of in exchange for something that's more important? Mm-hmm. Um we don't want to be so busy doing things for God that we have all but eliminated the available time
0: that we have to know and love God. Hmm. Good. Very good point. Very good point because it's really easy to think the doing that happens in church mm-hmm. is what makes us a Christian or makes us grow, but it it's just part of a response. Mm-hmm. But really what makes us grow is prayer and reading mm-hmm. his Bible and confessing sin and all those things. So that's really a good point. And you can't do those things if you right. aren't spending time with God. So one of the things in the morning that I will do when I am
1: doing my Bible reading is I will keep a piece of paper okay next to me. And if it never fails, something will come up. Oh, I need to remember this. Or, oh, mm. where does so-and-so need to go today? And I'll just write it down. Write it down. Because if I go out of the Bible app and I go in, then yes. I'm distracted. And before I know it.
0: 20 minutes are gone. Good old paper and pencil. Mm -hmm. That's a very good, very Mm -hmm. good tip for just those things that come to your mind. Because I agree with you. Sometimes in the morning when I'm reading my Bible, I'll have something oh, I meant to call my mom yeah. about that. You are right. So that's good. That's a really good little practical tip. So Stacy, it was really nice to have you on today.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. I'm really glad you came. And stay tuned because we're actually going to jump into the second part of our podcast when we're going to talk with Amy Spiewike about the topic of caregiving and how busy that is and how to kind of do that well. Um, she's going to share with us her personal story. And I think a lot of what Stacey has talked about will probably actually flow over into that conversation too. All right. going to start talking specifically with one woman about a specific season of life that really nobody ever wants or expects is going to happen. And that's the season of life where we might be caring for a loved one or an elderly parent. Maybe they're sick with some sort of issue or maybe they just are getting older and we have to step in and do something. It might be that they're gone gone in six weeks or it could be that they are being cared for for years. Uh, There's a lot of different situations that come in with this, but we really have to talk about it, and it's way better to talk about these topics before they come, because then maybe we can be more prepared for them. So I actually brought on a good friend of mine, Amy Spiewike, and she and I are gonna talk today because you had this happen in your life, and you had a family member go through some pretty serious things. But before we jump into that, Amy, I always ask people some crazy questions. So I'm going to ask you some crazy questions. Are you ready?
2: I'm ready. Okay. Here I am.
0: So um, one of the things I do is write out some questions ahead. And one of the questions I asked you is, what was your favorite family? Which <laughs> was really I can't goofy. She was just
2: one. Yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> she said, so I hope it's a ski That's your family. Yes, yes. Um, but really what I think I was trying to type when I typed <laughs> that is, what was your favorite family place to go?
2: Um, okay. So our favorite, since there's so many of us. Um, everything's expensive. So I would say if we're all together, we are eating and playing volleyball. Um, so if the kids all come over, we're usually grilling out, hanging on the deck, kids play volleyball. Um, so yeah. And how
0: often does this happen to you now?
2: Oh, not very often actually, because, um, our fifth one is getting married. So the four marrieds are very busy. And Tim's so, busy, so... So
0: you have four older kids married, one almost married, and yep. then how many younger? Uh, seven. Seven, which makes a total of... I'm not good at math today, so... Twelve. Twelve. A total of twelve <laughs> total kids. A
2: twelve, yeah.
0: Okay, so with twelve kids in your home, my guess is that you have a secret snack that you hide somewhere in our, in your house, <laughs> or it will be eaten. Am I right?
2: Uh, well they know all my secrets oh they do so
0: (laughs) they're smart they They are smart smart they
2: pay attention yes you can say mom can only eat that and they're like oh yeah i want to eat that yes that's true in my house too yes so um but yeah they know uh peanut m&ms are my favorite and um they know i found these gluten-free dairy-free twinkies at gluten-free
0: Dairy-free Twinkies. Twinkies. Yes. No way. They're very good. Well, somebody might want those and need them. Actually. Whole Foods.
2: Yeah. I forget the name of them. They start with a K. But anyways, okay. huh. very good.
0: Okay, good. How often do you eat those?
2: I was eating them pretty often <laughs> until my doctor said he might want to cut back. Okay. On those. Okay.
0: Well, they are a treat. <laughs> so yes, they're treats. Treats are good, and yes. that's what I was thinking when I said your favorite hidden snack food because. Yes we all have something like that, you know, that we hide. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about how to care for, I don't know, elderly parents or a loved one who's going through some kind of a situation. Uh, Why don't you start telling us a little bit about your story related to your mom?
2: Okay. So my mom uh, was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Um, I wouldn't call her elderly, um, but it was something that we had to go through and take care of her. She was 66. Yeah,
0: that's not elderly. That's, no, young. that's young. The older I get, that's younger and yes. younger. Yes,
2: yes. And um, uh, she had been sick on and off and went to the ER. And one doctor said, I just don't like what I see on a scan. And then another doctor said, we just need to open and do exploratory surgery. Let's find mm. out what's going on. And um, in the middle of the surgery, he called and told me it was stage 4 colon cancer and literally said... It's like concrete has been poured into her body,
0: oh, and it, wow. it's just
2: everywhere. So, oh. um, that's so yeah. hard to
0: hear. Wow. Oh, that is just makes my heart sad to think about that because that's yeah. got to be a hard phone call. That it was very hard. Yeah, very hard. Although doctors need to give those phone calls. Yeah, it's better to I guess now. So I guess if, just to start off thinking about this whole topic, this might actually sound like a really stupid question, but I think it's probably good to talk about what, um, what about your situation was really hard?
2: Um, looking back on the whole situation, there was a lot that was hard. Um, but I would say right off the bat, it's getting that initial phone call. This is what's Mm. come. This is what's happening, especially when it's a parent. Yeah. You know, you're thinking, this
0: person's been around. Yeah, you just never think your parents are going to die, really. You never do.
2: You know, you've relied on them. You might think, someday, I have to take care of you. But when that someday comes, it's, wait. Yeah. So that was hard. Uh, After that phone call, we met with her siblings, and that was hard. That was um, talking about her care and what it would look like and... Yeah, the different opinions and oh yes, so the dynamics of you want this done. Well, is that going to be good? Should yeah. we not? Should we? You yeah, know, there's lots of
0: questions. Lots in that of time. questions. Yes, and, and not then, a lot of answers.
2: No, not very many answers. And then you have your kids questioning, why? Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? What? What happened? Um, why didn't she catch this? Why? Why did she get this? You know, sure. just all those. That I think was, so that initial day was probably the hardest.
0: Hmm. So um, actually, that makes me think to ask, what actually might have been easy? What was easy in taking care of your mom?
2: Uh, I, w- I would say the easy part was knowing this is what we're going to do. Um, My dad has been gone for a while. He was actually gone for 14 years before my mom passed. So when he passed, that was something Tim said right away. We're going to take care of you. We're going to help whatever you want. You know, my mom wanted to stay in her house at that point. Okay, we're just going to help. We'll be over anything you need. So... So when she was sick, it was just that continued, Yeah, we're going to be there. That yeah. was easy to know.
0: You had already done that, so this yeah. was nothing new. It was just a different circumstances. Different, right. But it was the same concept of same. taking care of her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so
2: that would be easy. The decisions around how is this going to look, you know, knowing we're going to take care of you, Yeah. the decisions that came were just
0: easy and, to make. And what kinds of decisions did you have to make about her care right then? Like... Where did she go? Did she go to a facility? What did you do with that?
2: Um so right off the bat, she stayed at home um but then during her whole scenario that went down, we did move in We initially moved in with her, and oh then... you
0: moved your whole family in with her. yeah, oh wow,
2: yeah, well, because we knew she would need all day care sure, and then that was the easiest thing to do. We were renting at the time so right so it was we're gonna go where you, you're needed um and then we did find a house that fit all of us okay we moved there but yeah just knowing um we're gonna do that we're gonna make and decisions that at that point were basically geared toward what do you need
0: right for so. for kind of a heightened situation Like, you had this major thing going on, and so the rest of it just goes in line. You can't get rid of life, but you let it fly alongside of it and stay going forward. Okay, so with that, you probably had some burdens that, maybe emotional burdens, maybe some physical burdens, you know, if you're caring for your mother or whoever, an elderly parent, or anyone. And then, so how did you deal with those burdens?
2: So for me... Um, dealing with those I relied on God a lot knowing he was in control he's sovereign um, knowing that he knew the plan Mm. that that's where I went with the burdens because there was a lot of Um, day-to-day at some point my mom was septic Mm. and so and she was in Detroit at that time, which is an hour from where you live. Yes. An hour away. So there was daily driving up there. And then, um, once she got through that, she had been bedridden for so long, she couldn't walk. And Mm -hmm. so just knowing this is going to be a burden. She was in a wheelchair and we had to wheel her around everywhere. And so,
0: and so it sounds like you said, um, you know, knowing God is sovereign, knowing that God had planned some of these situations or all of these situations actually were pieces of doctrine or truth that you clung to. Like, yeah. you held on to them, like, you know, instead of fighting God, saying this is what what's happening, I'm just going to trust God in the middle of it. Yeah. Which I think is something hard to do. Yeah. Do you think that was hard? Oh, or did yeah. it come easy?
2: Well, there were for sure a lot of hard, a lot of hard days of why. Yeah. Why are we doing this? This is not what I wanted. This is not... You know, I have these little kids at home. Yeah. I want to be with them. Yeah. I don't want to be here. But but some days they, you know, they would forget to bring her her food tray. And so you're at the hospital trying to make sure she's being taken care right. of, but you have little ones at home yep. that need taken care of. And so you're just hopeful that... God yeah. knows and it's falling into place yes. and kids are helping kids and the husband is helping and right. friends are helping. So. so instead
0: of it being you who holds everything together, it was God, God. who holds everything together. Yeah. And I think that's something in any crisis we can think about or remember. Yeah. Um, Amy, I always ask on every episode, uh, what does the Bible say about this topic? So I'm going to ask you that too. Like, what does the Bible say about grief or caring for parents You know, what does it say about dealing with someone who in your family who needs your constant 24-hour help?
2: Uh, So for parents, I think right away, Scripture says, honor your father and mother. Mm -hmm. Um, So during this, I know I said to Tim several times, I want to make sure I'm honoring my mom. Um, But, you know, if it's not your mom, if it's someone else, Scripture also says, um, do to others as you would have them do Mm -hmm. to you. So I wanted to make sure... Um, my kids saw that uh, we were taking care of Nana and this is what we were going to do. And so hopefully they see that and they know if someone's needing right. that care, right? you step in, you right. do it, you know? And you so, just,
0: you just make it happen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And my mom was a widow. So that was the other thing okay. we knew scripture says take care of the widow. So, yeah.
0: And that wasn't just at this moment that that started.
2: No. Because no, you said was... your
0: dad had been gone for how many years?
2: Uh, 14 years before okay. my mom passed. So. so
0: she was a widow for a long time. Yeah. And that's important to remember. Yeah, the Bible's really clear on that too. Those are good verses. How did you find joy in the midst of all the sadness and the challenge and the grief that was happening? Um, I think it is so difficult when you all you can see is difficulty yeah. in front of you yes. to see joy. So what did you do? Um, when I think
2: back about... Whole situation, I I honestly think I was more like, I can't find any joy in this thing, you know?
0: When you were knee deep in it. When I was in it.
2: Um, But then when I think about different things that happened, there were a lot that we were thankful for. And I remember um, saying to my mom, You know, that's good news. Thank God. Mm. That's good. And Her chemo for her, her chemo and radiation were a breeze. Wow.
0: She was. That doesn't happen.
2: Fine. No. And so that we were both were very thankful that she was healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, She retired. So that was another thing. We were thankful that she wasn't working at that time. And so, um, yeah, she was healthy enough. Chemo radiation. Once they released her, we traveled a little bit. She said, this could be my last year. So I want to spend time. I want to show the kids some things. And so we traveled with her a little bit. And so we were thankful for that. Um, We were thankful um, that when she was septic, she didn't pass because that does not have a good outcome generally. And so Hmm. um, she survived that. She also got to see my 11th baby Hmm. born. And she was there and alive. And so we had things that... That we were thankful for.
0: It's um, a joyful moment. Yeah. Babies being born is always yes. joyful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad she was able to be there to see um, Caden. Peyton, actually. Peyton. Yeah. yeah. i got to get my Spiewak family in order here. <laughs> I might need flashcards. I get flashcards. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we had Caden when we got the diagnosis, and
0: then Peyton came. Yes. Okay. But it's just joyful to have babies and children. Yeah. And I'm sure that your mom, she lived with you. Yep. Okay, she was living with so us at that point. So you had your kids were there all the time. Mm-hmm. And that probably was actually a joyful thing too. Yes.
2: Actually that was. And that was good. Quinn became really close to her and so did Glory. So Quinn would have been um maybe eight.
0: Okay. At the time. It's a perfect age. Yes.
2: And Glory would have been um maybe 4. Yeah. Yeah, 4. And That's so yes, they would go in, check on Nana. What do you need? Let me get it for you. Go get it. You know, her room was right off the kitchen. Okay. So it was right in a spot where everybody could tuck and see. Yeah. You know, how are you? And
0: that makes me think to think what a great thing to, number one, what a great thing to do to teach your kids in the service of your mom, right? Their grandma or Nana, as you said, because it teaches them to think beyond themselves. Yeah. And I think that's great. That's something we should be always teaching our kids, but also the process of grief, because yeah. that is something that kids deal with. And um, I think that's really, really important to think about and let them process through that. Okay, so Amy, I don't always want to focus on you know regretfulness or being guilty. Um, but sometimes it's good to go back and evaluate, you know, when you go through something, how could you have done it differently, or how would you do it differently next time? So do you have anything that you would have done differently? And in what would that be?
2: Um, well, for me, I know, I move in survival mode. I am okay, we're going through this. That ended. Now we're on to the next. Yeah. and and so I generally just here we go. and i don't I don't think that I process a lot of things. So I have um, so I would say, looking back, I wish that I would have slowed down a little bit mm. and and looked at what what God was doing, the timing the end of my mom's life, a yeah. little more intentional, but I am very survival. There okay. we go. Next thing, next thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And survival mode is important sometimes. Like yeah. sometimes we need that to get through something difficult. Um, so it may have been that, you know, that was important during that time, but I can see what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah Cause I look back and I think I missed some things that could have been a blessing to me at the mm. time. I mean, obviously God's He knows what was going to happen and how I would deal with it. And I just think looking back, that would be one thing. Yeah.
0: So maybe if somebody's going through it, um, through something similar, a crisis mode, to be able to stop a few times, you know, and maybe remind yourself of that.
2: Yeah. Specifically for me, my mom was put on hospice and it was in our home and they set everything up, you know, in her bedroom. And then we were given what to look for. And so for me, it was... I've oh. got to look for that. I've and got to look checklist. for that. And check, check, check. I've got it. okay, that, that's, all right, we're at that. Next? Okay, next. And yeah. I I should have been more with, this is my mom's last days. Yeah. And I didn't. So okay. I was more on survival,
0: check, we we did that.
2: Yes. All right, now we're moving out. Hospice says we're doing this, check. Yeah. You know, and so.
0: Yeah. Well, that is important to think about in for someone in the future. Yeah. You know, maybe. Yeah. Stop and. Pause but then again, sometimes survival mode is what we do, right?: yes. The great quote by Elizabeth yes. Elliott is, "Just do the next thing." Yep. you know just go do the next thing." because I think yep. I think it's easy to you can also get caught in the emotion of it and not do the next thing, and there are things that have to be done. Yeah Yeah. yeah.
2: I would get asked that a lot, how do I handle having 12 kids?" And I would just say. You just do it. Right. right. This is the next thing to do.
0: Do it. So so. maybe this was having 12 kids. Well, at the time you had 10 and then you had 11. Yeah. That would have been your precursor for walking through this to some degree because I have a feeling you've had some survival mode as a mother. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You laugh, but I'm sure that you do. And I know that. I mean, I have half the number of kids you do and I have. Yeah. So as a mom, we often have survival mode times where yes. we just, well, I just have to get through. Just you have know? to do it. Which just is doing. totally not related, but have you ever had all your kids sick throwing up at the same week? When they were younger. When they were when oh, our older goodness.
2: kids were younger, yes. We had I remember a whole week we had oh. a stretch and it was this kid I mean, we just laid around that whole time. Oh my goodness. Poor Abigail, it was the worst. She was hit the worst and she was sick seven days. <gasps> yeah. Oh my. It was bad. That yes. is not fun. But not but if that they're older, we... Thankfully...
0: Yeah, because you can kind of... Like, my I can my older kids can stay in their bedroom. Or we yes. can put them in a bedroom or a room and say, stay there. Stay there. And, but when
2: they're little, yeah, they're all, everyone... They're I remember old. the doctors saying when I would have a newborn, yeah, good luck trying not to get that baby <laughs> sick. <laughs> right. <laughs> with
0: with all the about, kids. Yes. 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 Yeah. Thankfully, God has blessed us with good immune systems, yes. mostly. They can bounce mm-hmm. back. Okay, so I'm sure that when... That in this situation you had help because you cannot do a a crisis situation like this without getting help from outside. And so, what kind of help did you get? And you know who helped you in the process? Uh, We
2: had a lot of people helping us. We had um, we had many show up that initial day when Mm -hmm. she was diagnosed. Um, Caden was an infant. And we couldn't take him back. She was in surgical ICU, okay. so we couldn't take her back. So or him back with us. So um, we had friends that came, friends that brought kids that sat with Caden. And I mean, we could have had our kids, but but they were being hit as well. Yes. you know, yes. this is Nana. So yeah. so we had friends that came and prayed with us. Um, they watched Caden while we went back and saw my mom. We had friends that cooked. We had friends that came and did dishes Mm -hmm. um, when my kids were alone for weeks and weeks. And, you know, they would come and get us back on track. and running, yeah. Yes, running because, you know, with a lot of families, there's a lot of dishes. So um, I had friends that I have a nurse friend our doctor friend that I would text and say, I don't understand this medical term. This is what they've just told me for my mom. What? What is it now? What's happening? And they would come right back. This is what you need. Yeah. Um, My friend that's a nurse worked at Prometica when my mom was there, and she would stop in, look at her chart. Here's what you need to do. Here's what's going on, Amy. Right. Try to do this. Right. Wonderful. Um, Yeah. So when we were up in Detroit, it was a lot of me texting help. I don't know what they just said. Yeah this is what's happening. Here's what they're doing now. And, um, yeah, we just had rally. We had, we had people pushing us to trust leadership at the time in church. We had, um, family up to the last moment when she was given the report that it was not good and she wouldn't make it, her family, her siblings stepped in. And, um, mm. when she told them that she wasn't going to make it, they came and Spent the evening and planned her funeral, and oh,
0: wow! Um, so she was able to be a part of that yeah. planning process.
2: Yeah. So we had a lot, a lot of people around us.
0: Well, what a beautiful thing! Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's a great joy to hear because that's actually if if someone's listening and they have a friend who's going through something like this. Or a family member, this is what you do, right? Sometimes yeah. you hold the baby. Sometimes you do the back, clean the bathroom, or yeah. you know, make a roast and take it over, or spaghetti. I don't care, you yeah. know. And um, I think that's a really great practical thing to do. Yeah,
2: yeah, because when you're in it, you yeah. probably would say, "I don't know what I need." Right. I remember thinking, I don't know what we yep. need. I don't know and not wanting to be a burden on someone and so yeah. saying, I don't really know what I need. I'm just trying yeah. to move through it and so yeah, those are very
0: I had when my dad died, I had someone, um, a woman at church actually said, Hey, can I go to the grocery store for you? And I was I thought, Do they really mean this? Because yeah. you know how much groceries that is? Yeah. And Thankfully, we have Aldi, and if you do not have an Aldi by you, then I am so sad for you. <laughs> Aldi's awesome because every Aldi is exactly the same, oh, and they yeah. only have, like, you go in and you know exactly the direction you go. So in my brain, I made a grocery list for her based on Aldi, and I just sent her to Aldi, and I got all the things I needed in that, for that week, and she dropped them off, and my kids put them away, yeah. and I was gone at the hospital with my dad during that time, but, and I came home to my cupboards full. Nice. So it was, it was just one thing that she thought she could do. Yeah. And I don't know that I would ever have thought to go grocery shopping for someone.
2: Yeah, I don't even remember how we got groceries.
0: <laughs> so, so, well, that's good. Someone, someone probably did, yeah. Someone yes. did the grocery shopping. <clears throat> okay, how do you deal uh, with the, the grief that comes with this, um, the death of a parent or a loved one? I mean, it's not like you just turn a light switch on and off and it's all done. Right. And then you also have kids involved in this whole situation
2: yeah um again this is where i move in survival mode i um when my mom passed we were in the room and i was only in the room because my aunt came over and um and she walked in the room and walked out and was on the phone immediately Um, saying it's time she's going and i you know i'm with my checklist sure and i'm like what do you mean what are you talking about? It's right. time. What is happening? And so, uh, my friend, who's a nurse, was there, and she came in the room. It was her and my brother and I, and um, and she gently said, "Amy, she's gone." And for me, I was like, "How? Wait, uh-huh. you know, my checklist. I was right. surviving through that." So, um, but then it was on to the next. Okay there's going to be people, there's going to be people over and they need to eat. And so what do we need to do? How do we need to finish this? What do we, what's next? Do I need to call who is coming to get her? And so, um, so I deal with it that way. I just move on. And I have some kids that are the same way. This was God's plan. Yep. Here's what happened. We're done On to the next thing. And then I have others that they have to sit there for a minute yeah. and think,
0: you it's know. a different process. Yes.
2: Yes. So, so I handle it that way. Um, but either way it was a pushing to, this was God's will. Mm. This is what he wanted for you, for me. He right. knows, you know, I would move through it this way. Some kids would, um, I had a couple particular that sat there thinking, Why? Yeah, why did this happen? They had to wrestle
0: with it differently. Yes, yeah.
2: Why all of a you know not all of a sudden, but it was sudden. You know, just knowing the finality of it, and then when it actually happens, right. you think, yeah, that yep. happened.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, because I think um, when someone is, you you kind of grieve ahead of time when someone's sick. Yes. Unlike someone who dies perhaps in a car accident, that's just like a sudden, and your grief happens after. Yes. I do think you have grief on both sides, both times, but but, but I, I think there is something you grieve differently, and it's and I'm sure it's everybody does it differently. Yeah, you know, I remember three months after my dad died, I was in the grocery store, and I'd been fine, like no big deal. I wasn't like weeping all the time, and I saw a man and I looked like my dad from the back, and he was walking like my dad, and he had the same hat on that my dad would wear, and he turned his head. And I realized it was not my dad. And I remember I just sat on the floor of that grocery store and cried. And this little lady, sweet lady came up and, you know, comforted me. But, I mean, grief kind of comes out of nowhere sometimes and hits you. Did you have that happen too?
2: Yeah. Well, I've had grief hit mostly with my kids. If they do something and then I think Nana would have loved that. Oh, yeah. Or as they're getting older. um, Sorry, I'm going to (laughs) cry. My... Son Nick, I think my dad would have really enjoyed mm-hmm. seeing him.
0: And I my enjoy dad. Nick;
2: he's and got my, a great personality. <laughs> yeah. And my mom, she would have loved, you know, seeing them with their families, yeah. their spouses. Yeah, she was always um, excited about those things. So, you know, and then there was times like um, after my dad passed, I had Samuel, and Sam looked so much like my dad, and mm. so it was grief, but then it was also. That was sweet. Yeah. You know, and then after my mom passed, I had Tegan. And Tegan looked so much like my mom. And so it was another like
0: sweet. Okay. Wait
2: a minute, you know, a little bit of tear, but then very sweet. That was a sweet, you know, just
0: a little gift from God. Yeah, Yeah, in the midst of that. Yeah. I think it's good to remember. You know, I think it's good to talk about our loved ones who have passed and and talk about it with our kids because you know, um, I think often my, my dad would have loved my daughter who loves plants, you know, just, he was yes. a plant guy oh, and, yeah. you know, there's just lots of things like that, you know, yeah. and, um, my dad would have loved that my daughter likes to play sports, you know, he just, yeah. he just loves sports, anything sport related. He did, you know, and he would have just enjoyed it. So it's always good to bring that up to my kids, like, yeah. and talk about grandpa that way, even though they, you know, he's been gone a while. It's yeah. good to remember yeah
2: memories are good we remember my mom I make her chicken and dumplings and Mm. um, and there's always the critique like okay it's close to Nana's (laughs) almost or (laughs) this time you really got it it's really like Nana's and I made just made them yesterday for the first full day of school and for Peyton's birthday and uh and they said I don't know. The dumplings are a little off, <laughs> So, but yeah, we usually make them every Christmas Eve. That was my mom's super tradition. Funny. Christmas Eve was chicken and dumplings. And so we always talk about it then.
0: And I think traditions are a part of that, remembering. So yes. I think that's super cool. I think you should always do that. Yep. Usually on my dad's birthday, we make silver fizzes, which is Verners and ice uh, vanilla ice cream, like a float.
2: Just something we loved.
0: Yeah. And uh, I'll have it to try that with fun. my kids. Yeah. Silver Fizz.
2: Silver Fizz.
0: Yep. Amy, it was great having you on. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for bearing with me because um, sometimes there's technical difficulties, but we That's made it through. True. We made we it. We did. It's fine. <laughs> hey, would you pray for us?
2: Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you ultimately for your gift to us in Jesus Christ. Thank you mm. for His sacrifice for our salvation and father we thank you for your sovereignty that you know the days of our lives you know Mm -hmm. the ins and outs you know the ups and downs you know the trials that are going to hit us and we can rely on you through all of those and trust your word where your scripture speaks about all of those topics Lord, we pray for anyone that is going through those times right now, that you would give them peace, that they would trust you and trust the day-to-day that it will fall into place. And, Father, we pray for those that are around them, that they are stepping in and and encouraging them and doing the practical things to help Mm -hmm. them. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And, Father, we just pray um, over those scenarios that ultimately you are being glorified And we thank you for this time, and thank you in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Hey, stay tuned uh, next week as we talk more about a season of life, all the different types. We're going to be heading into a couple of episodes that focus on things like um, the mystery of menopause, which is a stage of life, and also we're going to talk about blended families we've got that one coming up too what happens when you know you got a, your stage of life takes you through something like that and we're going to actually jump into our last episode all about how do you live when you are in the retired age like what do you do do you ever just retire and not do anything well you'll have to listen to find out all right remember that when everything around you is shaken you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of god until next time